I'm Carly Shields, and I play Lola, the Harpy Wizard. I'm Bajaya, and I play Mirka, the Yeti Fighter. I'm John, and I play Mort McCoy, the Skeletal Ranger. Hola, me llamo es Patricio. Juego Ezra, the Garlock. Hey, I'm Adam Bash. I'm the storyteller, and welcome to Brute Force. Greetings, fine ladies and gentlemen, to the Gilded Ram Grog House and Tea Room. I, of course, am Jasper Spitwhistle, and I must admit I am a little bit hot under the collar this week. I uh, have had uh, no more than uh, seven people stop me over the course of the last few days and ask me, Hey, how's it going with that lovely lady that was sending you notes? Hey, anything new on the frontier there? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And uh, I, I really think that you are all a little bit too preoccupied with this. It wasn't a big thing. I wasn't all that interested. It was no big deal. But just to put all of your minds at ease, I, I, I suppose I did spend a fair amount of time last time we talked uh, discussing the, the intricacies of that situation and uh, the, 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 the suspect uh, nature of those of those illicit notes. And so I figure, you know, to save myself the trouble of having to explain it individually to every single one of you people who seem to be overly interested in my love life, I suppose I should, at this point, just go ahead and put it all out on the table for every one of you. So last time when we had uh, most recently met and I gave the, lo- the last part of the story of the brute force, uh, I was immediately um, setting forth from there to, to go to Sully's to order my dinner for two, as I had been doing for, for several weeks at this point. And in case the frustration in my voice is not seeping through, let me put it all on the table and say she did not show. Um, I, I, I was expecting this would be the moment, of course, you know. I had spent so much time on stage, I had kind of set it up, you know. And if she wouldn't show, surely someone would. Someone would take pity on poor Jasper. Uh, and no one did. And so I thought, well, this is terrible. You know, I'm not going to play, play the fool. I'm no fool. I am a, I'm a classically trained bard, for God's sakes. I'm a, I'm a hot commodity in the dating market. And so I said, no more. No, I will not play this game anymore. And so I left, and on my way home, I, I passed several restaurants, and I thought, you know, there's a lot of places in town here. Maybe she just doesn't like Sully's. It's entirely possible. Maybe she had a falling out with old Sully. You know, this isn't about me. This is obviously about the restaurant. And so I got home, and sure enough, uh, I decided that the next day, I would go out to dinner at a different place. You know, this time I'm going to try Minotaur Mike's. You know, yeah, I'm not... I'm not gone to Minotaur Mike's before, but I thought, hey, you know, hey, you know, I, I don't know what it's like. Maybe this is a, it's something different. Obviously, if I go to Minotaur Mike's tonight and she doesn't show up, then uh, this must be a, a further sign that it wasn't just a Sully's incident. So I went to Minotaur Mike's and I ordered a dinner for two, um, which they kind of looked at me funny. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that they uh, regularly serve uh, single people dinners for two. Like Sully was really pushing that from day one. But regardless, I, I ordered the dinner for two. Um, it comes. It's, it's an, an outstanding amount of food. Um, a single dinner would have been more food than I could have possibly eaten. And then there was a second one on top of that. And they 
they have a really weird rule there where they won't even let you take the food out. Like, they, they say, we don't have any take-home boxes, sorry. Uh, I mean, you, I guess you could take it in your hands. And I'm like, I'm not going to grab a rack of ribs and carry it through the streets like some sort of urchin. That's just ridiculous. Uh, so we argued for a while, and I said, I will not step foot back in this establishment. Um, and I left, but, um, you know, she didn't show up there either. So I said, this is, this is some cruel joke. You know, this is just the cruelest joke. I'm out at this point. You know, I, I could have, I could have, I could have paid my rent with the amount of money I have, uh, I have I've paid in meals over the course of the last couple of weeks. I said, this is it. It's all over. Um, and then the next day, I did receive another note, and I thought long and hard about just not even reading it. I mean, why would I set myself up for this kind of heartache on an ongoing basis? But I said, you know what? Now, let's see what she has to say. And it was all apologetic, and it says, I'm so sorry. I, 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 I made a mistake. I went to Sully's last night, and I heard that you had gone to Minotaur Mike's, and I, I just don't like that place. So I, I finally brought the courage forth, and I was at... Sully's. And I said, oh, good Lord, I've missed my window. Um, I feel like it's terrible that it took you this long, but oh, my word. And I was all raptured again. And she said she would be at Sully's that night, that very night. And so there I was at Sully's that very night waiting. I sat down. The maitre d' came forth and he said, you're back. I said, yes, I'm back for dinner for two. And he says, okay, yes, okay, yeah. We'll get you your dinner for two. I said, no, you don't seem to understand. I have spoken with this woman and she will be here tonight for dinner for two. And there was a moment there where he went to say something real smarmy, but then he, he, he stopped himself and he, he backed off. And I think he looked in my eyes and he could tell that I was serious. You know, this was no joke. This was my moment. She was going to be arriving at any moment. And, uh, so I, I sat back and with a, with a big grin on my face. And then when the dinner for two came, I just looked over at the door and the door opened and in walked some family of four, I guess they had come out uh, for dinner that night. And I said, well, you know, that's, that's gonna happen. You know, there's gonna be other people. I don't know why dramatically I would think that she would just arrive at the moment that the meal came. Um, and so there I sat for, for several hours. And again, she did not, she did not come. Um, so I thought, oh, okay, well, I get it, I get it. You know, pull another joke on old Jasper. As I crossed the threshold into my apartment that night, I noticed a small and inconspicuous note sitting on the entryway floor. It had the same handwriting as all other notes. And it explained that she had fallen ill. She could not bear the thought of our first meeting going on under such ill circumstances and so she asked to postpone just for a night tomorrow night surely she would be there at sully's for dinner for two this went on for several days um at this point i am going to fast forward the story just a little bit because um short 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 version this was uh, about six more days that she kept you know, tomorrow, tomorrow will definitely be the day. And then she would say, oh, you know, I just, I was still feeling really ill. Um, tomorrow again, and then again, she was still ill. And I thought to myself, it's strange that she's so ill, but she feels okay coming over to my house when I'm over at Sully's and throwing the note under the door. 
I said, uh, this was maybe retrospect, that I said, that seems a little odd. Why wouldn't you just come to the restaurant and say, listen, I'm still feeling ill, but let's just get this meeting out of the way. Hey, how's it going? I am a real person. Here I am. Uh, my name is Penelope, and I will uh, see you on a day when I don't feel so ill. You know, that's all it would have taken, you know. But, you know, I kept getting strung along day after day after day. Until one day, I get in, I get into Sully's for my dinner for two. And this, by this point, it had been about three and a half, four weeks solid that I had been going every night. And uh, I'd taken out a small loan at this point. I mean, I don't make a lot of money here for doing this job. Um, but uh, I, I found some reasonable terms with a, with a gentleman downtown. And, uh, you know, I was, I was making it work, right? You know, you, you got to spend money to make love, right? And so, you know, I kept at it night after night. And then eventually, one day, I, I showed up at the restaurant and I just, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to go in there and look at that goddamn maitre d' one more time and order dinner for two. So I turned back around and I said, you know what, I'm going home. And I began the slow walk back to my apartment. And then I realized, well, if she doesn't show up at the restaurant, then she would be showing up at my apartment to slide the note under the door yet again, thinking I was at Sully's. And so quickly I approached my apartment. I stepped as lively as I could, but stealthily. And I snuck up the last block or so. I was really like a cat. And I snuck up to my apartment and I looked around and no one was anywhere near. And I said, excellent, this is my moment. I will hide beside the trash receptacle. And so I did and I hid beside the, and then I couldn't figure out which direction she would be coming from. I had no, I have no, I had no context clues here. So I said, well, this would look really bad if she comes from the side I'm hiding from. So I figured, you know, one of two options, I can either uh, hide inside the trash receptacle, didn't do that, I'm not a fool, or option two, disguise time. So I ran back into my apartment really quickly and I grabbed a, a long coat and a wig that I don't traditionally wear and uh, a hat that was partially made out of corn husks. I looked quite the part of a vagrant, you know, your stereotypical vagrant with the corn husk hat. And I went over to the trash receptacle and I, I started poking at it with a stick, you know, as vagrants do. And um, I, I tried to keep my peripheral vision on my doorway. Um, and when soon I saw motion out of the corner of my eye and there was a figure in a cloak much like mine approaching the door and they bent low and slid a note under and I said, I've got her. And I walked up, approached my stoop, threw off my cornhusk hat and said, hi, it is I, Jasper, your lover boy, and I am here to make your dreams come true. Right, quite the line I had been practicing that while I was poking this trash receptacle with a stick. So the figure stood motionless and I thought to myself, well, <laughs> I can understand she wasn't expecting this, but you know, come on, honey, when you're caught, you're caught. Uh, but the figure did slowly turn around and the face that greeted me was one that I had known very well. It was Sully. That goddamn Sully had been placing these notes on my doorstep day after day after day after day after day after day just to get me to come in there and buy dinner for two every goddamn 
damn night. And when I didn't, and I decided to go to Minotaur Mike's instead, he really amped it up and really started pushing for Sully, Sully, Sully's. And I should have known it because he's a sneaky, no good bastard. And his business was quite obviously failing because he charges way too much for food. In fact, that one family I saw that one night was the only time in the entirety of the time that I had been there that I had seen another customer in the restaurant. So listen, I would tell you, I would tell you, hey, don't, don't frequent Sully's anymore. But actually, it doesn't matter, because if I stop going to Sully's, the entire place is going to crumble, because I'm the entire business model at this point, tricking me into coming and taking out loans to eat dinner for two every goddamn night. So, in summation, please do not approach me in the streets and ask me about this fair lady who might be a secret admirer of mine. But if you see that goddamn Sully, just give him a quick kick in the bridges, because he deserves it. Well, on to business at hand. It's a dire moment for the brute force. I mean, they're at the gates of Murkheim. There's a 20-foot-tall demon creature charging at them out of the forest, or something of that nature. You know, fire shooting forth from its horns, etc., etc. I figure what this requires is a little bit of backstory, though, because... Because honestly, without some insight into what was going on in Lola's mind at this moment, I don't know if you can fully understand the repercussions of what happens next. Our favorite harpy was still a bundle of raw nerves. All from this newfound information that Agarion was not really dead. She knew Agarion was a truly powerful wizard. And was not surprised that by some means foreign to her, he could have survived in that tomb, missing his hands. What she could not understand... And the question that burned in her mind even at this moment was why had he chosen not to contact her? And why did he not respond when she attempted to contact him? As this silence between them dwelled on, she thought back on a once ignored warning. All right. Well, you know, Lola, that... Uh, Clash Tiger is busy at the palace. Usually when you guys are back in Murkheim, he spends a lot of time in boring meetings in the palace um, with all those hoity-toity, highfalutin folk. And uh, But today, Agarian is coming to... Uh, you guys are going to go on a little bit of an adventure. Awesome. And so you are... Where do you, where do you think you hang out when, when you guys are in town? Well, we ended up at the library for a good amount of it. Mm-hmm. But... I imagine I I imagine Agarian is like an older guy that has maybe a sweet tooth. Sure. So maybe we end up at that pie shop. Okay. So you guys are are chilling at a pie shop. Yep. And uh, having some having a very very small lunch and a lot of pie. Like so, you guys had maybe like uh like some finger sandwiches and then just that was enough to warrant bringing on the pies. So you guys are on your third shared pie. Uh, oh, I feel so bad, but this is the best day of my life. We gotta, we gotta push for one more. The rhubarb is exquisite. <gasps> All right, yeah, I'll consider it training. Uh, she waves for another one. But maybe we could take it to go. We actually, we do have something to do today. Actually, uh. It's something I haven't had a chance to do in quite some time. Uh, you know, I'm not a, a court wizard anymore. But, you know, occasionally some duties do fall when I'm in town. The new court mage is uh, 
not up for this kind of task. Yeah, he's oh, he's the worst. Oh, I know. He is. He absolutely is. He's just is. the worst. Um, yeah, is it is it cool that I I mean, I'm not usually allowed in these kind of things. Well, actually, this is this is this is perfect for you. This will this will this will do great for your training. Oh, I'm I'm all for it then. So occasionally, when uh, new arcane users come to town to ply their trade, uh, it falls upon the uh, duties of the court mage to go ensure that they are on the up and up. And it seems we have a new fortune teller in town. A fortune teller? Oh, like, wait, is this like someone that comes to town and they are a fortune teller or is this an actual like someone that can scry well that is the question isn't it and that is what we will figure out the student has become the master don't get a big head okay yeah you're right sorry divination is quite difficult illusion is often far easier so we must go in with an open mind to see what powers they may have whether they are truly divining the future or simply fooling these people out of their money. Well, I mean, I'm real good at sitting there very still with very wide eyes, so I feel like my poker face is on point. I was thinking you might take a more active role here. Oh, what what do you need me to do? I've done this type of thing so many times, but I feel like if you were to take over and, you know, try to appear to be a uh, simple uh, a simple washerwoman perhaps someone who might be coming to get her fortune told you might be <laughs> able to tell much she looks down at herself and like <laughs> looks cut her to the side at all of her feathers and like yeah simple washerwoman as i said illusion is far easier than divination and he snaps yep, his finger yep. and you all of a sudden appear uh, human. Uh, well, this feels weird. I, I'm not sure I'm entirely comfortable with this. Well, it is It is part of your training, but if you do not feel comfortable, that no, is no, fine. No, 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 I'm can... up for it. I'm good, I'm good. She stands up really fast and then regrets it immediately as is when the giant stomach, distended stomach full of pie <laughs> and sits back down kind of like a pregnant lady again. It's like, oh. No, I'm good. I'm good. Let's go. Let's do this. All right. Well, I I have very little information. I know that this... Oh, my goodness. The name I was given was... Uh, looking back at my notes here. <laughs> Magorian. And I don't know if it's a, if it's, if it's a young man or a young woman. Uh, but I do know they have a stagecoach out by the border. So perhaps right outside the gates we could go see if... And walk off this pie. Well, yeah, I mean... We can take the rhubarb for the road, right? Oh, well, yeah, of course we are. <laughs> uh, so Garion gets up and, and snaps his finger too, and all of a sudden he looks like a, a smartly dressed banker man, maybe, instead of a uh, a wizard of any sorts. He's got a bowler hat. It looks kind of nice. Oh, d- dang, sir, you look dapper. Yes, well, uh, sometimes it's useful to look as if you have money around these sorts, just to suss out the truth. Yeah, f- fair enough. I mean, I wouldn't know, so... I'll take your word for it. All right. So then you guys head out towards uh, towards the gate. 
And as you head through the gate, you can see kind of off to the off in the distance, there is a there's a stagecoach set up and there's um, flags flying from it. And uh, it seems like there's a line of people standing out over there. It looks like it is a, it is a hopping place to be. Uh, whoa. Uh, is he got some kind of hype man? See, this is what I, I don't understand. Usually divination is, is, you know, it's passe. Some, you know, some people will go, some people won't. It takes a while to really get this kind of, of business going, which either means he is using some sort of trickery uh, to, to uh, build this kind of clientele, or he may be the real deal. Well, that, that's great. Oh, man, do we have to wait in this line? Well... It appears so. Training, right, it's training. She stands like very, very nice postured and that lasts about 10 seconds before she starts slumping and like, uh. It is a long, 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 long line. Oh boy. You're standing there for upwards of two and a half hours. By the time they get to the front, about a third of the rhubarb pie is gone. <laughs> 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 well, a third of your half of the rhubarb pie. Yes, because <laughs> Garion has has finished his, and he's carefully eyeing me as yep. I take more and more. <laughs> uh, but eventually, you are ushered through a beaded curtain, and uh, in in the process of uh, of standing in this line, you guys have had a chance to kind of come up with a plan. So, your plan of attack is. What are you guys going in together? Are you going by yourself, and then he go in separately to kind of get an idea, uh, like two uh, sets of eyes on this at once or separately? Like what he's leaving it pretty much up to you because this is your training, you know? Right. Um. So she's just she's gonna go in by herself first as as a she's come up with like this roundabout reasoning as to why it's a test and and that she can do it on her own and. You know, they compare they can compare notes afterwards to see how she did. Okay. All right. So then uh, you're waved through a beaded curtain and you enter in on your own. Uh, and on the inside of this stagecoach, it is uh, it is incredibly dark. Uh, but in the center of of the coach, there is a there's a massive circular table, and sitting across uh, the table is uh, a person named Magorian. So can you please describe Magorian to us? Uh, Magorian is, uh, he appears to be a young man. He has, uh, blonde hair. He has very fine features. Um, you, I mean, he looks like he's doing well in the, in, in, in his trade. He's got piercing blue eyes. It's a good look. Um, so before she goes in, um, uh, to the, the room proper, she kind of like, pumps herself up a little bit and slaps her cheeks and is like, okay, okay, normal, normal, <clears throat> normal, normal human girl. I'm just, uh, I'm so normal and human. And it's like, yeah, okay, okay, I got this. She goes inside to see him. It's like, <clears throat> uh, hey, my name is, uh, Crystal. Uh, I'm I'm here to get my future read. Please take a seat, Crystal. Oh, no problem. I'll sit down like any normal person would sit down. <laughs> Adam's laughing at me. Um, 
That's good. So it's she, very good. She sits down and it, she just does look a little bit awkward. Like her her legs are usually kind of degraded a little bit. So she kind of does this weird thing where she stretches out her legs strangely before she lowers herself down. It's like, uh, how, so how does this work? Well, first, my dear, you must let me see the color of your silver. Oh, right. Yeah. No problem. And she reaches into her pack and pulls out a silver and is going to hand it over to him. And then she stops. She's like, Ooh. and it very slowly gets set down on his table. She uses one finger to hesitantly push it towards him. It's like, and when she lets it go, she's like, uh, thank you, dear. That seemed to be very... Difficult for you. Uh, no more difficult than it would be for any normal person. What What have you come to learn today? Uh, well, I would... You know what? I would... I, I'm leaving on a journey soon, and I would... I would love to know how that's gonna go, and, and you know, I'm going with some companions, and I want to know how we're gonna fare. Um... So I guess he would uh, wave his hands around his crystal ball and it would begin to light up. And uh, She desperately sits there hoping he doesn't put together that her name is Crystal and she, saw it, she thought of that because of the crystal ball. <laughs> uh, let me just, uh, let me look into my crystal ball and see what the future portends. She tries to like look around him like, what the... Oh, no, that's that's not good. It's not going to go well. You shouldn't you shouldn't go. Um that's rather vague of you, sir. Maybe you could go into more detail. Uh the the crystal ball is not here to uh take into account every whim that Well, I mean, I'm just Trying to get a little more specific. Can I make an insight check? Sure. All right. Boy, do I believe that you're what you are. I didn't get any successes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Agarian. Well, my dear, all I see in the crystal ball is dryness and desolate land and stuff like that you got a, you got a real weird mannerism about you but uh uh i mean that kind of checks out cuz we're 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 going to kind of a dry place so uh how, how would i get more specific details uh if you're willing to cross my palm with silver once again, I can, I can uh, speak with my cards and and see what they have to say about your future. <laughs> she she pulls out her purse again and and kind of turns it away from so he can't he can see but he can't really see. Uh, and he goes, it's okay, it's okay, and pulls out another silver. And, and hesitantly again slides it over to the table. She takes out the dirtiest one, though. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. 
This uh, this is a, a nice piece of silver. You don't seem to want to part with it, though. Uh, well, you know, times are tough, and you gotta pinch every penny. All right, so well, let me see here. Let me just take this crystal ball and put it over here. And, and uh... She's, like, trying to... She does this, to, you know, her appearance hidden, but she still does like those bird-like movements where her head kind of like slides over to one side and she's trying to look at the things he's doing. Ah, let's, okay, here we go. And so he, he pulls out some cards, some well-worn cards and, uh, and shuffles them and shuffles them again and shuffles them again and shuffles them again. <laughs> And then he slides them across the table and says, cut the cards, please. No problem. I can do that with my very human hands. And she <laughs> cuts the deck once and then puts it back on top of each other and pushes it towards you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. And he, he puts the deck back together and, um, and pulls out the first card and lays it down and says, ah, it is the magician. It's hard to say what it means without more information, but could be a, a wise man or mage of, of some sort. Huh, that's very interesting. Uh, can, can I draw another one? Oh, God, she pulls another silver out and pushes it towards him. Uh, thank you, thank you. Yes, let's, let us see what the next card is. Ah, okay. It is the Two of Pentacles, but reversed. Hmm, interesting. She's looking at him expectantly. Hmm. It's probably bad, bad uh, things. Uh, well, I mean... It makes me a little suspect when you say probably. Yes, well, could be illusions, possibly loss. The cards have many meanings. I would like to continue, though. She just, she takes out her her silver patch or pack and takes out about five of them, puts them on the table, kind of like hoofs them towards them a little and like, all right, can we, can we just continue? Very well, very well. I see. I see uh, your future is very important to you. More people should should take your path. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you would like that. <laughs> All right. Let me just pull out the next card. It is justice. Hmm. This is this is very strange. This is very strange indeed. This card seems strangely blurred. What? My... Hmm. What do you mean, <clears throat> blurred? My cards are... I mean, it, it, it appears to be damaged, but my cards are not damaged. Well, what does that mean? Uh... Well, it could mean uh, many things. Oh, come on. Many I just things. gave you a handful of... <clears throat> a my handful of silver, dear. my friend. Yes, um, I'm not particularly sure what it means, in fact. Wait, hmm. what? 
Well, I mean, I I just, it's usually my cards or all my cards. It's she just... reaches over and puts her hand back over top of her silver and starts pulling it Hold back on, towards wait, herself. Wait, wait, wait. We, we need to get to the bottom of this. Well, we should keep going. This is very interesting. I mean, let me, uh, you've already paid. I'll, I'll uh, let me pull the next card. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The next card. Ah, yes, it is the Wheel of Fortune. The Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. Hmm, yes. Your name is Crystal, you said? It's not something more mundane? Maybe someday you'll, you will uh, be spinning a Wheel of, of Fortune in some sort of game of chance. Uh, that sounds more like a friend of mine than myself. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. I actually have a friend here with me that maybe he can help out. He's pretty intelligent himself. I don't think we should interrupt the current vibrations in the room. It could, could throw everything all off. I think you've already... She gives him a skeptical look. You've, uh, you've already, let me, I will, I shall continue. Just, just relax. I'm sure the next card will, will, uh. Make it all clear. Make it clear and be some good news, probably. Um, let's, let's just see what we've got here. Uh, the next card is death! She gives him, like, the most blank look. Death. Um, mm-hmm. I probably don't need to explain that one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, let's see what the next... Ooh. The next one's also death. Wait, what? <clears throat> why would you have two of them in your deck? My deck only has one. Wait, the next one after that is also death! <sighs> and another Death! If you, if you would just... You should not go on this journey. Excuse me one second. And she gets up quickly and walks to the front of the door. And is like, Agarian! Agarian! Very subtle. Just... It's just... But, yes. <laughs> I said it quietly. He can't hear. It's fine. Uh, can you come in here with me? I either... Listen. Maybe I'm not the most perceptive person, but it... it, it you know, I, I'm not sure I'm getting the read on this guy. Can you can you give me a brief brief synopsis? Well, okay, he did get it right on the first one when he said that we'd be going somewhere sandy and desolate. You know, that kind of sounds like the description of where we're going. Um, but then he started in on these evil portents, and he, then he kept drawing the death card over and over and over. And I feel like maybe I'm being worked over here. Mm. This seems like one of those dramatic things where doom and you pay a bunch of money, and, I mean, I already give him a bunch of money, but I'd like to not give him any more money. Could you just come in here with me? Okay, I, I will come in. And uh, he he drops the, the glamour at this point and just walks oh. in as himself. Uh, mine's still up? Uh, that's kind of, like, yeah, just for, just for sake of not confusing okay. anybody, I think he would probably okay. leave that going. Okay, so she comes back in with him. Uh, hello. Yes, I'm sure you've uh, you've heard of 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 my name. I am Agarian, 
and uh, I serve the the king here in my I, time. Of course, I've I've been expecting you. I do <laughs> tell the future, of course. <laughs> she again gives him the blank look. Uh huh. I apologize for the ruse, but uh, my apprentice here was tasked with uh, determining whether you were on the up and up. And I apparently suck at it. Well, we shall see. So yeah, at te- that point, she's like, ah, oh, and she shakes off the glamour as well. It's so uncomfortable. Hmm. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the blank look. Uh, so, so tell me, what, what have you divined? Well, uh, I, I looked into her future, and uh, I saw that she was going to a barren and desolate place, and that once there, uh, she would probably know the first card with the magician. Uh, there is something that could be illusions and loss. There's, there was justice, but it was my card. This is when my card started going funny. And uh, a little something about games of chance. But then I just pulled death card after death card. And as you can see, and he splays out his cards, there's only one death card in my deck. Hmm. Peculiar. Perhaps we are seeing things that are not here. And he walks around he walks around the table to your side of the table to kind of look at the cards. If you were to ask me, I think some sort of magician is in your future and they're not going to be telling you the truth. That is so vague. I mean, really? That could be as simple as a, as what? Like a white lie? Like a Garyan saying that he didn't just eat oh, my no. other <laughs> dear, quarter of a, the pie? Does pulling death card after death card sound like a, a simple white lie to you? But doesn't like death card also mean rebirth and change? I mean, that's what I've heard. Well, in, in some instances, maybe, but in something like this, I think you're in mortal peril. <laughs> she looks over at a Garion. Uh, give me an intuition or an insight roll. Uh-oh. You should stay on the other side of the table, Mr. Uh, Garion. Oh, damn. One, two, three. Uh, he looks at you and says, mm, Well, a charlatan as I expected. Uh, please... Uh, we have no need for your services here in Murkheim. I do not wish to have the guard escort you off of uh, Gravemire proper, so surely you will be leaving today. And uh, Lola, <laughs> you you know him well enough to know that he doesn't entirely believe what he's saying right now. Okay. He has another reason for thinking it's time for this man to leave. Oh, okay. So she does very uncertainly goes in your face and then looks back at Gary and like, I, I did the right thing, right? <laughs> and then she, she follows him 
out of the tent, Emilio goes. Before before he leaves the tent, uh, he uh, takes a, a bag out of out of his person, just a, a bag of, of sand, it seems like, and he kind of just casts it across the room. And as the sand hits uh, the, the 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 fortune teller, uh, his form changes. And uh, tell me what Lola sees. Uh, well, she sees the same same sort of face with fine features, but uh, his body changes into the form of a centaur. And uh, you see his bare chest and his <laughs> chestnut stallion body. And, uh, and he goes... Young woman, heed my words. They can throw me from this land, but it won't make what I saw true, untrue. <laughs> True or untrue? Come on. Uh, untrue. <laughs> oh, okay, that's much more dire. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. She says, and no, she does look shaken by Agarian's indecision and his, you know, she knows him well enough at this point to know that he's, uh, there's, there's something going on. He, uh, heads off out of the tent. He says, come Lola, we have other things to attend to today. Uh, right. Okay. No problem. She looks down at the silver on the table that she's left with him back up at his chest is like, "Mm -hmm." and (laughs) he says, good day, sir. As you guys are walking back to the gate, it's a little awkward because, um, like, you know that something's weird is going on yeah, with she, this. Yeah, she, like, every five seconds kind of gives him the side eye, like, uh. and he And he is not unaware of your, of your issues on that matter. Uh, and eventually, as you're approaching the gate, he turns to you again and he says, Remember what we've learned, and that is, illusion is far easy. Uh, I should rephrase that. Illusion is the easiest of magics. And it's easy to see through if you look hard enough. Someday, perhaps once we are back from this next adventure, I will teach you true sight. And you will be able to see through illusions such as those cast in that tent. Oh, yeah, please, though, man. That'd be great. Um, though, I mean, Master, uh... Do you believe him at all? You seem... I mean, I don't know what you seemed, I guess. I know that there is great risk in our future. We are going on a journey that few would attempt. But there is great need for our service in this world. So we will see out our journey. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm not backing out or anything. It's just... I guess I've never seen you look like that before. You're always very sure. Mm. Well, I am sure that what we are doing is right. Well, me too. So, uh, you know, if you say it's fine, then it's fine. Did you eat the rest of my pie? Yes, I totally wolfed down on the rest of the pie. I mean, you left it with me, to be fair. And And a fancy man in a nice hat standing there with a pie and not eating it, it would raise so many suspicious questions. So I felt Master, to be able to maintain... Master, yeah. I only have myself to blame. We are in agreement. 
Now, I would like to go ahead and address something before the line gets any larger to stage left over there of all of you with the lace and the black and the pentacles. Yes, I understand. That's not how tarot works. I get that. I don't, generally speaking, know how tarot works, so I can only kind of recreate how that scene might have gone, okay? And furthermore, before you stop throwing accusations at me for, for telling faulty stories, perhaps you should look in yourselves, because do any one of you know anything about Centaurian tarot? No, no, not any of you do. I see all of you are bipedal, so you don't know anything about Centaurian tarot, so it could have worked entirely different. Now, I do know that in Centaurian tarot decks, there are just the one, there's just the one death card. So if you, if you're, if you're getting a reading from someone and they are a centaur and you get card after card, that's the death card over and over and over again, that's not good news. No matter how nuanced you want to read those cards to be, that's, that's bad news. And as it, it was borne out, we saw so far in the story, Death has seemingly followed this crew around. I mean, Burgundystrom doesn't exist anymore, strictly speaking. Everyone there is dead, right? So, hey, maybe maybe the Centaurian tarot decks know a little bit more than you lot over there to the side, right? Right. So, anyway, I think there's a few important bits of that, 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 that little vignette that we can take away. And one very, very important bit is that that, that one warning of a wizard lying to poor Lola should stand out in her mind. And indeed it was. I mean, as much faith as she placed in Agarion, as the silence between them continued to grow, so too did grow the echoes of warning issued forth from a barrel-chested centaur inside a tent on top of a caravan outside the walls of Murkheim proper, you know, non-licensed, but still, very, very stern warnings rang forth in her mind. So, that's it for today. I've got to go home now. I would, I'm going to have some dinner at home uh, by myself. I, I, I am still eating leftovers, actually, to be completely honest with you. I still have a little bit of leftovers from my most recent dinner for two at, at Sully, so I will be eating that, but that is the that is the last disgrace I will suffer in this entire uh, ugly incident, and uh, I would uh, I would appreciate it. If you see me on the streets, just don't bring it up. Don't even bring it up. And I, I know it's coming from a good place, that you genuinely care about my well-being, but I'm fine. I, I would just like to put that out there. I'm fine. Uh, this wasn't a big thing for me. I'm, I'm fine, okay? Don't, don't worry, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm, I really am. Okay, so let's not make a big to-do about it. Um, all right, this is, this is getting awkward and I don't want it to be one of those things where you think that I'm saying it's fine when it's not fine because it, it's totally fine. Totally good. We're all good. Um, tip your minotaur bartenders, I will be leaving now. So I'm walking on. There, potatoes didn't get enough monstrous action on this episode of brute force well then check out these other geekly ink shows including drunks and dragons casts of thrones cthulhu and friends 
Transformation Sequence Podcast, and you're a wizardary. You can also head over to BruteForcePodcast.com to read character journals or follow the party on our map of Eorith. If you've liked what you've heard so far, then please consider donating to our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash bruteforce so that this band of misfits and weirdos can continue to deliver the content that you enjoy. Also, don't forget to make your way over to iTunes to leave us a five-star rating and review. Reviews are like shiny things, and that makes Lola happy. New episodes come out every other Tuesday. So go subscribe, grab your gear, and get ready to go adventuring with Brute Force.